to Boss the Bigs, brought to you by Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate. Give me a call at 845-430-8415. I'll help you out with any real estate needs that you may have. I'm Kyle Straub. He's Pat James. Appreciate you joining us here for the player profile. We are already on to player number 10. We're going to do 27 of these. That's how many returning players the Tar Heels have from last year's squad. Don't worry. We're still going to cover the newcomers. It just won't be on the podcast. Pat will have those in the Boschmer Bulletin. If you're not following, go ahead and start following so that you can get on that mailing list. Our player today, Pat, is a second-year player. Got a lot of them, uh, but a second-year player that probably came in last year with as much hype as any player in recent memory as a freshman. Had some struggles early in the year, but towards the latter part of the season, you kind of saw what that was about with all that hype. I'm talking about Matt Horvath, the third baseman. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Coach Forbes has said several times that, you know, if the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, hadn't canceled Max, you know, senior season IMG Academy, that he would have been selected in the first two rounds of the MLB draft there in 2020. So the fact that UNC was able to get him to campus, you know, there was a lot of excitement, understandably, about that. Um, came in and made a strong impression immediately over the fall and the preseason, earning him the starting third base job there on opening day. And you're right. I mean, really struggled there out of the gate. He had 042, 148, 042 over his first 24 at bats, you know, and really found himself there on the bench there for a good chunk of the season. But, you know, I mean, really to his credit, you know, I mean, he never stopped working, never really got down on himself. You know, he went and he made some tweaks to the swing that, you know, made him a blue chip prospect, including, you know, presetting his hips to get into a simpler position to fire from. I mean, that was a big difference for him. Uh, and you saw that really pay off there down the stretch. Yeah, making adjustments is something that you constantly have to do throughout your your baseball life. And for a freshman to come in, sometimes they'll push a little bit. And I think that was part of what Max's issue was last year was trying to push instead of just letting the game come to him. But, you know, realized it, made the adjustments he needed to. And then all of a sudden, when it was crunch time for the Tar Heels, trying to make sure that resume was good enough to get into the tournament, when he started playing his best ball. And I think that's when he started kind of seeing what could be, not just for him, for the Tar Heels with a, a batter in the middle of the lineup, whether it's three, four, or five, that there's not going to be many pitchers that are looking to make a mistake against. Yeah, and I think that that's, I mean, when you go back and look at the numbers there from the final 20 games, I mean, it really just makes you pretty excited about what could be possible this season for him. Uh, he goes and slashes 292, 366, 556 with all nine of his extra base hits, four doubles and five, five homers, as well as 22 of his RBIs all 22 of them there in those last 20 games. And I think most notably, you know, the game that sticks out, I think when you think back to that stretch right there, is, you know, the Tar Heels, you know, that second game of the ACC tournament, they're really needing a win against NC State. Looks like they're in into the NCAA tournament, but, you know, a win will all but solidify it. Uh, and here he comes out, goes two for three with a grand slam and six RBIs. Those were the most RBIs by any UNC player in a postseason game since Mike Fox became the head coach in 1999. So, I mean, just to be able to step up in that sort of moment, I think that really just says a lot about him. Yeah, and I think if there's any worry that, oh, maybe he just got hot at the end of the year and not sure what to expect from him, he showed over the summer that it, it wasn't just a little fluke of a hot streak at the end of the year, absolutely tore it up over the summer. And that continued in through the fall world series and the scrimmages as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, competing in the Northwoods league, I mean, outside of Cape Cod league, I mean, probably the second best uh, summer league out there, I would say, um, you know, goes up there slashes 287, 437, 434 with four homers and 25 RBIs in 35 games. I mean, 35 games. I mean, he's playing pretty much every day. He was mostly playing shortstop, you know, which is kind of his natural position when he played in high school. 
Um, but, you know, was able to find a lot of success there. And like you said, I mean, had a great fall, you know, and now we're looking at the point where, you know, going into this season where I mean, he's very well in the conversation to be among, you know, one of the best hitters in all of the ACC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that he had played short over the summer because obviously shortstop is locked down. Danny Soretti in his fourth season with the Tar Heels will be the everyday starter there. But Mac now is in year two at the hot corner. So there's some intricacies there that he's not having to learn. The game should slow down for him, should be just a little bit easier for him. And then having Soretti there at short, I think, can give a young player, especially the new position, a little bit of ease that, hey, I don't have to make this spectacular play ranging glove side because behind me is an All-America defensive shortstop at Danny Soretti, who's probably going to be there on the backhand. I think that's certainly one of the biggest things, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, and we'll get into it a little bit more when we get to Danny's episode, but I mean, there are so many bonuses of getting Danny back. And I think that that's arguably one of, if not the top one, um, just to be able to have that extra level of comfort. I mean, you have your entire left side of the infield now pretty much locked up. I mean, so that's just a major advantage for this team, you know, going into the season. Open for some big things from Mac Horvath in year number two for the Tar Heels. Let's wrap up his player profile with a number to know. So stick on the defensive end, you know, number eight. That was the number of errors that Horvath made last season in 80 total chances, uh, resulting in 900 fielding percentage. You know, as we said, you know, shortstop in high school, you really did see him just make continual progress there despite that number uh, at third base over the course of last season. But, you know, he'll continue to need to make those strides for UNC to kind of achieve its defensive potential, which, you know, we do think could be pretty high, especially when you have so many returning guys there on the infield. For me, Horvath is the guy that if he plays to what his abilities are, this Carolina team doesn't really have a ceiling that's going to hold them back because that is the bat in the middle of the lineup that everybody needs to be one of those top eight teams and make it to Omaha, I think. We'll see how it plays out, though. That is our player profile for Mac Horvath, second-year third baseman for the Tar Heels. For Pat James, I'm Kyle Straub saying so long, and thanks for tuning in to Bosch to the Bills.